Okay, let's get this barbecue started. Yeah, well, we better. With this much meat, it'll take us till next year to cook it. <laughs> Seriously, dude, you and your keto. Everything there is good, healthy fats. I'm doing you all a favor. Well, what are we supposed to wrap our snags in? More meat? Way I remember it, you're more than happy to wrap it in your pants. Meet the Kennedys at Lassiter's, haul at the waterhole. A cup of tea at Harold Sonia's nursery for a stroll. It's time to neighbors. CJK and Bayer. Let's get the neighbors. Hello, this is Neighbours. We are the Neighbours Recap Podcast. We have a little chat about the recent episodes of Neighbours that we watched on Australian TV because we are ahead, a few weeks ahead of the UK. It's a sad state of affairs, but we're used to that this year. I'm Vaya. I'm in Melbourne's Pirate Net Studios. I created Neighbours and I have my partner slash baby daddy, Hi, it's KB here. Speaking of sad state of affairs, I'm speaking to you from the bottom of the barrel of guests. No, look, this is what happened, okay? I rage quit the technology last week because we, we've all, we're all fed up with it in ISO times. So we've, we've unplugged Grace and Global Communications mm-hmm. and I just wanted to go lo-fi, not lo-fi. Low-tech? Low-tech, yes. I just wanted a person in the room. And I'm the only person legally allowed in the room right now. Yes. Who can talk. Apart from baby Dr. Carl, who is in the room, but can only squeak. Which is still pretty good commentary, I've got to say. It's cute. So, we're just going to do some chill vibes pod this week, and it's going to be pretty cash. We're just going to step through the main main storylines of the week. And now, KB, because we are trapped in the same house with a newborn, you've had to watch a lot of Neighbours. Had to slash let's not really try to admit that we're just watching it now. Yeah, it's well, our brains need this escape, don't they, in this time? Yeah, we look, we have nothing to look at except the baby and the baby's cute, but when it's not moving its face, then we don't need to keep registering that cute. We can have one glance and then we've got to look at something else. And there's only a certain amount of things I can tolerate watching at the moment. Yes, yeah. Sensitivity-wise, they're game shows and Neighbours. And on the whole, Neighbours has better storylines. Yeah. We are going to focus on the 13th of July to the 17th of July episodes. Not going to do Neighbours Council business this week, but maybe you can just tell our Neighbours community how it's been being a dad, you know? Dad, dad life. stuff. I mean, I feel like I learnt, have learnt more from Paul Robinson. That I've adapted the Paul Robinson style of parenting. Oh, Jesus. What's which that? Which is just trying... To subtly undermine his every move and trying to alienate him at all opportunities. Does that mean you're just going to vanish for a decade and I'll see you when he's like 19? Yeah, I mean, there's stuff I can do at this stage, like sneaking his dirty nappies back on. Um, but um, yeah, no, eventually I'll, I'll head off and come back once I've lost track of how many you've got. Oh, great. Okay. And uh, how- oh, no, you have to have them with multiple people. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> or I've, well, we've got to have multiple births. And how have you, f- have you been finding Neighbours overall lately? Overall, it's, pre- it's actually, look, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. And I, I shouldn't be that surprised to say that because you've been watching it for five years and you haven't complained that much. <laughs> <laughs> but Yeah, I'll leave, I'll leave that statement. Not to my face anyway. But, you know, and it, it like all of the bad stuff is just the same old bad stuff, like recycling dead shits mm. and... Uh, Shit bags is the uh, sanctioned term in this oh, studio. Oh, okay. 
Yeah, I feel like there's some actual dead shits as well that oh, might yeah. be separate from the shit bag. Um, it's a subcategory. No, it's been really good, and I'm actually finding people more and more likable. Weirdly enough, except who, who are you enjoying? Oh, we'll get to the except. Who are ex- you enjoying? Yeah, the likable ones. Who am I enjoying? Um, I'd like the the Clive Sheila relationship uh, gives me joy. Clive brings me great joy, and weirdly enough, seeing all of the former dead shits be sculpted into slightly more interesting characters like Hendrix mm. um, has given me some joy as well. But, yeah. of course, that means they need to keep shipping in new dead shits. <laughs> Once they reform them. Yeah. This is why they've got to make the buddy club front and centre a bit more. Because Have we ever seen – so there was one kid who found the gun. Is there anyone else ever seen on screen who was part of that buddy club? No. And that was Rebecca Omaloglu's son playing – forlorn finder of gun. So Buddy Club is an entirely off-camera character. So far. We've had like... It's just filled with Niles' wife, Maris. Yeah, yeah. And some, every now and then, Coyle teach them how to build a box. <laughs> and that's it. But it could work really well because you could have the Buddy Club reforming the shit bags for us so that it doesn't just it magically happen. Yeah, because, you know, Aaron and David sure as hell aren't doing it. And look, now, as parents for eight weeks, we have the authority to judge Darren, David and Aaron, on their parenting. That's pretty much the reason I signed up to having baby Dr. Carl in the first place, was so I could judge other parents, especially fictional ones. Yep. So we're going to get stuck right into that. So kicking off with the reintroduction of plain Jane superbrain Harris, played by Annie Jones, who's returned to the fold as a full-time cast member, again, because what happens is Neighbours casts a person of colour in Levi and then they have to reinstate the balance and cast four more white people. (laughs) And as bland as possible. I mean, like, her on-screen character nickname is Plain Jane. (laughs) On screen. And she hasn't uh, done much on screen this time around to reject that notion at all. There was an off-screen breakup and now she's dealing with the depression of the aftermath of that. The only thing interesting that's happened to her since her latest return was marrying Des, and now Des has just been fucked off off screen. And we enjoyed Des, didn't we, KB? Des gave me great joy. I, I'm a Des and Daphne era neighbours watcher, and seeing Des come back and use phrases like, use words like dag and duffer and... Drongo. Drongo. Oh, crikey, I'm a drongo. <laughs> Uh, that was that was great fun, and it's just yeah, it's a shame that he's immediately vanished. Yeah, because he could have been the punching bag that they're trying to make Shane into now. He could have been such a great Gary. Yes, because we realise they need Gary left a void. <laughs> yeah, for like the uh, allegedly likable Drongo. Mm. So Jane is going to be brought over, but first we've got to bring over her daughter Nicolette. <laughs> you can beat the cigarette. And Tarage has found her on Facebook mm-hmm. and sent her a messenger message mm-hmm. like, hey, worried about your mum, do you want to have a chat? And the natural response to a messenger message is to just show up in yeah. person to reply. Hi, I've Google stalked your page and I've seen that you are a hotelier and mm-hmm. so here I am in the foyer. And my two character attributes are I'm not talking to my mum and I'm a gay lady. And I'm in denim coveralls. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Already 
she is being shipped with Chloe. Because you can't be a gay lady on the show and not immediately walk into the only gay in the village. Yeah, exactly. And then be obviously attracted to her and pondering a move. I mean, she's obviously sat down in a pub, met this girl for 10 minutes and decided, this is this is pushing the lesbian cliche so far. Not just I've had a couple of dates and I'm moving in, but I've met you and I'm going to relocate cities. Neighbours likes a particular style of lesbian. Like they just, they will not branch out further than conventionally attractive catalogue model. Yeah, but with a bit of denim or with a bodysuit. Yeah. Yay, diversity, but can we diversify the diversity? I'm ready for some diversity. I don't want to go into stereotype territory, but you do want to represent the lesbian community. Have we Googled this actress? Is she a lesbian community actress? Is she a member of the community? Oh, the first thing that comes up when you Google her is successful Australian actress and small business entrepreneur. Oh, she sells chocolates or flowers. <laughs> I want to find Bespoke out. Bespoke tea. Ah, Ben and Charlotte, a creative couple. Oh. Ben is a director, screenwriter, actor, and Charlotte is, yep, an entrepreneur and actor. They're off-screen partners. Oh, that was someone, someone else's podcast that came up. Eatdrinkplay.com is the first thing that came up. Good um, search engine opti- optimization, Eat, Drink, Play. So, no, this is not an own voices story. But love her sass and her pluck just coming on in and like doing some angry darts in the waterhole because we find out through to rage, they sit down and really nut out the mother-daughter issues that Jane and Sh- – what's her name? Jane and Nicolette have fallen out because Jane never came to terms with Charlotte's coming out. Yeah, which is, I guess, for an 80s character and a, and a lady of plain Jane's plain age, <laughs> not that surprising. Yeah, and they keep cardiganing up Jane. Like, they really Mrs. Mangled her over the years. Yes. And not only have they Mrs. Mangled Jane, they've also reintroduced Mrs. Mangle herself in the form of her haunted portrait. <laughs> that they, every now and then they have, to, they have to turn the whole set around because the cameras don't always point at her. Well, they shouldn't because it's a haunted portrait and the eyes follow you around mm, the room. It's Yeah, the Scooby gang's waiting for someone to pop out of there. <laughs> but also... Uh, Mrs. Mangle's having a bit of a resurgence during the pandemic be- right. because it's particularly in Victoria, in Australia, people are very conscious of who's obeying the lockdown rules. Oh. So whenever we're suspicious of our neighbours, people are using the gif of Mrs. Mangle peering. Looking through yeah. the curtains. Yeah. Like Kate, um, our regular co-host, found Mrs. Mangle, what are they called? Face masks <gasps> on Redbubble. No way. Yeah. That's perfect. <laughs> Uh, so she's probably more trendy than Jane at the moment. Now, that's all set the scene. Chloe, meanwhile, now, so when I say they're being shipped, because Chelly was such a massive ship <laughs> and Ellie's gone now, we clearly we wanted someone else to. I'm really going to miss Ellie, whichever one she was. <laughs> well, she's still in the credits. My theory is that because we had to lock down, they didn't get a chance to film B in a credits shot doing something else. Oh. Like, I don't know, in the pool with... Ned they just need to digitally zoom in on her and just have her in her own shot. <laughs> Ever since her sister's been dry toasted overseas yeah. in the most dry toast possible mm. manner. And now Bee's literally rattling around that Kennedy house on her own. Poor old Bee. Um, and as she mentioned, she's down to one job because she um, king hit somebody. That was quite brilliant. And it turns out you can't be the headline star and also bash your own customers. Mm, which is like, I mean, the entertainment industry has had to take a long, hard look at itself in recent <laughs> times. But I don't think this is, I think B, I don't think B losing her job is reflective of that. <laughs> what I'm saying is the Chelly ship has sailed and yeah. now there's a new ship 
for their um, FF romance followers. Mm-hmm. But there's an issue because Chloe is pregnant mm. five weeks and she, they're going to wait till the 10-week mark and do some genetic testing and work out if the baby's got the um, Huntington's disease markers. Mm-hmm. We did some similar tests as, you know, a lot of parents do at that mark. And I just realised we didn't really have a chat about what we would do. No, they skim <laughs> over it quite a lot. They just say, we're going to do the genetic tests and here are the genetic tests. And I think I, at one point someone did say, and what are they for? And they run through the list of things and Down syndrome is one of the things and there's a few other like known things. And there's a lot of philosophical but, questions that you, we just do not ask ourselves. <laughs> yeah, it got skated over much as the neighbour's plot line is getting skated over. Well, Chloe's... The one that's pausing to have a think. Everyone else wants her to skate over it. Pausing to have a think is not the same as saying the word abortion. Yeah, I dare you. Neighbours are bloody double dog dare you. Although, friend of the pod, Lara, who's the mother of young baby Asta, Isla. Farewell, by the way. They have completed their tenure Mm -hmm. as showbiz baby uh, because Asta's off with her bland parents in Switzerland. So it's the middle of a dry toast sandwich. Yeah. Uh, and she is the most exciting part of that sandwich, that baby. She was very, like, she had, she was very perceptive. And highly involved in the plot lines in a way yeah. that neither of her parents were. No. Lara suggested maybe baby Dr. Carl could come in as the Pierce Chloe baby. So oh. I'm now invested, even though I'm a pro-abortion, pro-choice storyliner, I'm now like, what if there's an ulterior motive motive, and this this fictional baby could make baby Dr. Carl a star? Well, speaking of things, we didn't stop and talk about at all. <laughs> a showbiz life for our son <laughs> and, and when we, whether or not we were going to have difficult questions at the 10-week genetic <laughs> test mark. But Chloe, I, it's well, look, they're making a big hard choice, but they're not going to talk about it right now. They're going to talk about it in five weeks, which can only make it easier, I'm sure. <laughs> Um, and Chloe, like I kept my pregnancy secret from a lot of people in our life for quite a few months. Mm-hmm. Chloe is barely hanging on. Like she's walking into Harold's and Dippy's like, oh, you look tired, love. Yeah. And everyone knows already and everyone's finding out in strange ways. I think Tarage said to Pierce, so about Chloe and Pierce's instant response was, oh, you know, which is not the response you give if you're trying to keep a pregnancy <laughs> secret. Yeah. The response you give is, what about Chloe? Yeah. I was literally falling asleep on my desk at work one day and you were pointing it out. because we Accidentally. Were, yeah. And people still didn't twig. Like I would just say, oh, I was up late working on my podcast. Yeah, or, you make you, up a lie. Yeah, yeah, unless you're addicted to beetroot burgers and then it's a dead giveaway. What is a beetroot burger? Is it just a slice of beetroot in a sandwich? Or That'd is be it, really sad. Or <laughs> But, or is uh, it mincemeat and beetroot minced together? Well, oh God, I hope not. No, I just <laughs> figured it was a hamburger with beetroot in it. But now I think about it, that is what a burger with a lot tends to be mm. in Australian shithouse cafes. Yeah, roadhouse mm. style. Like Angie, um, Rebecca would sell a few of those yes. at her diner. Burger with a lot. But I've also seen like weird coloured buns, like charcoal buns and stuff. So maybe it's like a beetroot a flour. Beetroot bun. Right, yeah, no, I've, I, yeah, that's a thing that can happen. But also, if you're really addicted to beetroot buns, and the end of tonight's episode suggested dramatically that they might take some frozen ones home. But honestly, <laughs> just make them in your house. Yeah, you're married to a billionaire, like, outsource that shit. Yeah, don't go to Harold's five times a day and hope nobody notices. Mm. Or just say to Dippy privately, oh, I'm fanging for some, some of your beetroot burgers, give me yes. the recipe, or can I pay you extra for a double, yep. triple serve? 
That's not the only possible impediment to a, a FF relationship, by the way, because Chloe is married, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, not just <laughs> pregnant, but actually married to a man. But um, Ellie literally was in her wedding dress and then the day before she had slept with So Chloe has very hus- questionable morals as a result of her bisexuality. Let me finish that sentence. Her groom's sister. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, look, anything's possible if you believe. Now, our baby just squeaked from where he's sleeping, which is our cue to judge other parents. Mm -hmm. And those parents are Darren, Mm -hmm. David, Tanaka and Aaron down the mines Mm -hmm. in the Branaka household. They have taken in young Emmett from the foster system. Yeah, they're fostering Emmett and they have decided after a week of fostering Emmett that they have saved him and that they are successful foster parents, even though in that week they have not in any way saved him and probably made him worse. And he's been suspended because he kicked over a bin. Yeah, he's pissed off the only teacher in the school. Um, He's been implicated in trashing a classroom. He was one of the primary instigators of a sex pest-based drone Terror attack. <laughs> uh, that was mainly Stephen Dennis's son's fault, but that's fine. But whatever. Speaking of guest mm. shitbags. Look, it's a hot mess, this household. And that poor kid, the only reason he's at Aaronsboro High is because he feels guilted into it because because of the mishap with Aaron getting Paul to pick him up from Barrington High that day. Oh, I'd forgotten about yeah, that. Yeah, he, he thinks if Layla, and they lied to the social worker about it, he thinks if she gets wind of it, they'll take him out of that home. Right. So he's now like, oh, I'll just go to Erinsborough High and, and we never have to worry about picking me up again. He really swings back and forth from the nicest kid in the world to just a highly dubious character. I really feel for the kid because they throw him into that cesspool of a high school. No orientation, no lesson plan. Like, here's the stuff you've probably missed this term. Here's a package of stuff that'll catch you up. Mm-hmm. Here's a list of emails of teachers that could help you, let, you know, catch up. Here's a buddy, a literal buddy. I know Aaron is f- <laughs> fond of calling him buddy, but get the kid an actual buddy to walk him around the school and go, there's the canteen, there's the library. Maybe that all happened off screen in a socially distanced way. But he, Yeah, because he had to be sitting in an extreme close-up while <laughs> Mr. Muggleton was screaming at him. Mr. Muggleton is a useless piece of shit. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. He's um, he's very good at looking like he cares when he's talking to Aaron, but then he's obviously just a terrible teacher. Awful. No compassion? Not at all. Not at all. Uh, here's a test you've got to do before you can join the class. And a test that you have to do, he's been suspended or he's had detention and he's like, and now you've had time to study for this test I'm going to spring on you. It's like, which you're study, Which you're doing while the class is, in, is already happening. He, he's struggling to borrow from Sheila. Blind Freddy can see that the kid is struggling. <laughs> God, okay. He's fallen through the cracks. Another dark day for Erinsboro High. And he keeps saying, I haven't made any friends. I haven't made any friends. And instead of, you know, David and Aaron saying, you've been there for one minute, mm-hmm. just chill. It's fine. Um, let's find some activities. Go to the buddy club. Yeah, we've got a buddy club specifically for kids like you. They're learning Christmas carols. Like, go sing with them. His brother comes to visit him. Brentonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> I was going to say Dita Brummer, but yeah, no, you're right. He is a bit of bit of DiCaps. A bit of DiCaps. Well, it, mainly because Growing Pains, the tremendous late 80s, early 90s mm. uh, sitcom, once their main kid grew out of his, aged out of cuteness, they hey, brought well, in... Well, Kirk Cameron. 
No, 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 Jeremy Miller. Oh. The younger kid. Oh. Kirk Cameron, of course, has never aged out of cuteness. <laughs> of course. Just out of polite society. <laughs> but Leonardo was a troubled teen. Right. He was the poochie. Yes. Yeah, he was actually the poochie. And Brentonardo definitely shares those qualities and, for some reason, Leonardo DiCaprio's exact 1991 haircut. Yeah. It's back. So Brent or possibly Trent or Brant or Brett, we had to keep reminding ourselves, has blown in. He's from West Waratah. Oh, right. Yep. It's living in residential care. Yep. Resi. Resi. With bars on the windows. Which actually would probably make me feel safer. But <laughs> um, he wants to see his brother and they want to hang. And Emmett's really excited. Some familiarity. Mm-hmm. And again, they are rejecting David's kind offer of pizza. These None of the, the kids these days, they don't want the carbs. They don't want the homemade carbs that um, the overanxious new dads are, are excitedly preparing together in the kitchen. And how do we know Brent is bad news? The first sign that Brent is bad news is his opening line, which is, is this one of the gay guys? Oh, Emmett, who's your friend? Is this one of the gay guys? Actually, I'm one of his guardians, and he's supposed to be with me talking to the vice principal. And the answer is yes. Brett's already cancelled <laughs> <laughs> one day in. Um, I actually don't know if he is legitimately joining the show or not, because I, I don't read ahead. I, don't, I try not to look at spoilers unless they're officially put out, like a press release, like with Jane and... His and, first appearance, he'd seem yeah. to be Stephen Dennis's kid um, in terms of his role. They just need one more bad influence to pop in and pop out. And then he was all like, oh, I'm going gonna, gonna to break out of Resi and I'm going to start a house and you're going to live in the house and I'm going to yeah. bring you up. And he fully took Emmett. They went on a bus together. Yeah, in order to demonstrate how responsible he is, he mm. just stole him away during pizza hour. This is the, now the third time they lost Emmett in as many weeks. He just wanders off. Oh, and they're like, you know what, we need more of these. He needs a lojack. He needs to have... That was the cat, Dory. <laughs> oh, no, it was the baby. He needs he needs a lojack <laughs> or he needs to have one of those tiles. I've got headphones on. That's why I can't tell the difference between our cat and our baby. That's not the only thing. <laughs> um... So, yeah, now Aaron feels bad. He's like, let's take Brent Brett in as well. Aaron's gone full cat lady. He's like, we've saved one orphan. <laughs> let's save all of the orphans, including the ones who will shortly legally no longer need to have parents. Aaron is your sister. She, she was volunteering for a foster cat agency and now has three cats from that. Yeah, they're foster fails. <laughs> yeah. they, you, you take one in and they – so they sit down with uh, – to Aaron wants – to bring Brent into the fold. David, not so much. And so they agree as a unit, as a team, let's sit down and tell Emmett we can't bring in, we can't foster your brother. Mm. And they sit down and they say, well, we'd love to foster your brother, but if we ask the agency, they'll probably say no. And then Emmett, and this is where Emmett's brains, like this is the one thing that they've done to improve Emmett is that they, they've taught him to figure this stuff out. His <laughs> comprehension has gone through the roof. Emmett goes... What if you ask the agency yeah. and they've painted themselves into a corner, haven't they? Instead of David just saying, "I we're unsure about this. We're new parents. This is new to us. We don't have the resources. Seems we, like a bad idea. We can barely remember to get you. <laughs> we're not going to remember your brother. They go, oh, we might do it, but I guess people will say it's a bad idea. And Aaron says he doesn't want, like he had a tough time growing up because he was separated he, his family was separated, and I can't remember. Perfect Blend's going to have to tweet me because I'm too lazy to look it up. 
if the Brennans were divvied up, I think maybe... Did he get sent down the mines as a child? (laughs) Canary. I think from memory, Chloe went to live with her mum or Tyler went to live with the dad. Something happened and I don't... Today I learned there was some kind of Tyler. Yeah, Tyler, you know, the ponytailed one. Man bun? Yeah. He was a Brennan? Yeah. Okay, today I learned all sorts of things. Yeah, there are many Brennans. Four. Um, anyway, so he got, he's like, oh, we can't separate the boys. It'll ruin them. The boys who've already been separated. And by the way, aren't having much trouble hanging out, even though they're separated anyway. So they've put a pin in that and we will find out at some point what they're going to do. They also haven't asked Brentonato whether he wants to be adopted by them. No, he just wants to live in his sweet pad with a a friend. It sounds like he's just lonely and scared in his house and he wants a roommate. (laughs) Yeah, if he's going to move out and he can't have bars on the window, then he should at least have a guard dog, like Emmett. Oh, now, over at the cannery, uh, Colette Nan's big secret is revealed. Mm. There was been a, there's been a few hints being dropped over the past few I weeks. I honestly would have loved it if it turned out she'd bash Levi. I thought she was going to have dropped him as a baby. As oh, a drop him would be cool, but no, I thought she'd actually just bashed him up. Probably because we have stairs and we have to carry the baby up and down the stairs a lot and far out, I freak out every time. Oh, just do what I do. And if you drop him, don't tell anybody. <gasps> don't you dare say that. <laughs> Levi has epilepsy. and ra- Secret epilepsy. Yeah, secret. Sepilepsy. Yeah, like Caitlin from Degrassi. Yes. And instead of just having it and, you know, he's... Treating it and being a person who has epilepsy. Lives in the world. Yeah, he's, it's his great shame. Sheila, his mm. grandma. Now, this is interesting what kind of unfolded here. Is Sheila was brought onto the show as Coyle's grandma. Mm-hmm. Years back now, eight years or something ago. And Coyle was, he was a, the original, sh- one of the original shitbag kids mm-hmm. of Erinsborough High. And just was a no-hoper and mm-hmm. bullied mm-hmm. other characters. Mm-hmm. And then he came good. He had a redemption storyline and got made into a main cast member. Goodish. And, well, yeah, because he was always from Frangers, from Frankston. Yes. With his mate Honga. Now we find Which is, you know, for the uninitiated, apparently just Melbourne's version of hell. (laughs) Everyone wants to leave there and if you stay there, it's because you're actually evil. Frankston is the one suburb that's already gone through the rapture, so everybody left... Is is an evil soul. Except they do pop back there for Christmas. Oh, no, it's nice to have Chrissy and Franger. It is, you know, it's in outer suburban Melbourne. It's one of the, it's got a rough reputation. Yeah. I'm from St Albans, which is not from there. Like I lived a lot of my childhood in St Albans Mm -hmm. on the other side of town in the West, which had a very similar reputation to Frankston. So I, I relate. To my Franger's brethren, you know, Mm. we we can't all be tarred with the same brush. No. But apparently there are gangs in Franger's and Coyle got mixed up in one of them. Yes. And that was the big revelation that while Sheila was babysitting young Levi. She's popped out down the shops, which really is the original scene in this story. Which is immediately negates the definition of babysitting. Mm -hmm. Apparently Coyle's mates show up to bash Coyle, and I'm not clear on why they were doing that if they were his mates. Well, they were were thugs. There was a gang. They were running around robbing houses. Yeah, but so was Coyle, and for some reason they turned on him. Anyway, they were there. Well, we don't have the whole story yet. They're going to unfold more details, perhaps. Hopefully. They were there to bash Coyle. Because he had iPods and things. He had new shoes every week. And so she just 
put the pieces together. She knew. She knew in advance, and she evidently knew all of the mothers of all the gang members too. But uh, so they've come around to bash Coyle, and because they're from Franger, they're too dumb to know the difference between their own mate Coyle, who wasn't there, and some three-year-old kid from another race. <laughs> quite a horrific image that they've painted these teens just come in and bash another kid like a young boy it's awful who's just rattling around in the house on his own they've jamie bulgered him um yeah yeah i know it's awful and that gave him epilepsy well sheila thinks his his seizures went away you know the cure for epilepsy is just not telling people about it anymore yeah yeah properly hiding them and so that's made it easier for her to just hide her horrible guilt this this whole time. But it's still festered. And her guilt is that, well, she left him alone. But also then we find out Levi, it's his raison d'etre. It's the reason he got into the force, mate. It's to find those thugs. You know, he's he's driven by justice. He's, he's a lot like Batman in this sense, except instead of losing his parents, he's lost his innocence. It makes me realise how much I love the reason Yashvi got into the police force. It's just because she's like, hey, I'm good at this. I'm going to do it. It, yeah. it. It's not, you don't have to have this horrible, like, um, Detective Beckett on Castle. Like, they killed my mom. I'm going to bring them to justice. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or Monk on Monk, uh, where they killed his wife and he was going to bring them to justice. All she wanted was to spend two days in police academy and then wear the hot blue outfit. Yeah. Amazing. Levi, it all comes to a head at this barbecue, which was Quite charming. I love when it's just the whole fam having a meal. Having a nice time, exchanging a exchanging a bordering on amusing anecdote, <laughs> which was nice after the awkwardness of the um, cake incident, which don't ask, by the way. The cake's <laughs> on the ground, but don't ask. It's going to be a long story. <laughs> so Sheila and Roxy haven't been getting on because Sheila doesn't approve of the union of Coxie. <clears throat> and Roxy doesn't approve of being treated like a bitch constantly. Yeah. So the boys, Clive and um, and Levi and Coyle, all put their heads together and put this barbecue on. Yeah, they're going to bring they're going to bring the two together in some kind of Shakespearean arranged marriage way, and everyone can get noise. But Sheila brings in a cake, and then Roxy goes to take the cake, and then drops it on the ground, and that's the whole story. It's a pretty good story, but don't ask. You didn't have to pick it up, love. It's fine, Sheila. I did the crime. I will do the time. Mm. Don't even ask. Anyway, it's a long story. So then Levi's telling anecdotes about their youth. Sausages down Coyle's pants. Yeah. What is it with the family and sausages, mate? Um, and then it comes out that he got beaten up as a kid and isn't over it. And then Sheila can't handle. Sheila has a moment. Clive goes and sorts her out. With his beautiful um, paprika and salt beard. You're really loving Cl- Clive's beard, aren't you? It's two-toned. Yes, it's very toned. She comes back out and then blurts it all out. Yep. She popped down the shops. The evil mates popped into the house. They popped Levi's skull. Now Levi has secret epilepsy and Colette, Nan, her solution to this, she can't turn the kids into the cops because then they're going to turn Coyle into the cops for robbing the houses with them. But, and r- rightfully so, he's a criminal. Like, he's, you got... Yeah. There's going to be consequences. There should be consequences. But instead, the consequences are getting sent to Erinsborough to be saved from the evil mates, which is a safe move because Erinsborough is two train lines and a bus ride away from Frankston. So there's no way they can track him down there. And then to leave Levi in Frankston with the people who did this to him. And look, the ultimate punishment is having to live out your days at Erinsborough High. 
So it was a flawed plan. And I actually don't know who he lived with while he was here. I don't know if Coyle lived with his mum or dad or – well, not dad because Gaz was in the slammer Gaz himself. Gaz slammer, yeah. So I don't quite – I have to go back. I'm going to do some perfect blending this weekend in my downtime during night feeds. Figure out who lived with who, who got sent where. So now Colette's approach to Levi has been to raise him uh, with guilt, to act like she's not his uh, nan because she doesn't deserve to be his nan and to make things progressively worse for his whole life. And she's going to go keep at Clive's so that there's no tension in the house because Levi's spitting chips that she's lied to him this whole time. And he runs out into the street and finds Bede as the shoulder to cry on because she's the only one around. Cries on Bede's shoulder. Yeah, not really sure what's up with them. He obviously sleezed under her as soon as he showed up on the street. And she has no interest. No, no, and no, I don't, no. They don't have – and it's – when Hendrix and Harlow were bickering, there mm-hmm. was a spark. Yeah. These two aren't vibing for me. No, not at all. Although he did encourage her to get self-defence lessons and then she learned how to run away and that was hilarious. Uh, really hilarious for a victim of crime who um, not two months ago was thrown down a mine shaft – by her partner. Everyone's bounced back pretty well from all of that. Um, so that's the cannery. Now Levi's turned. He's you know he's gone out for drinks twice in one night, and Coyle showed up to say, "Hey, chill." And Levi's now at the point where he's like, "You can't tell me to chill. It's your mates who bashed me up and gave me secret epilepsy." Yeah, and pretty soon Levi will be around with the Branakas eating pizza because his <laughs> clean eating's gone to the bloody dogs. Now, meanwhile, at the Rebecca's. Toadie has gone on a little holiday, just like the Kennedys. He's gone up north to Queensland to be at the wedding of Sky and Lana, the real wedding, not the sham wedding at Lasseter's. Of the real lesbians. Yes. Again, catalogue model branded lesbian. So, yeah, he was persuaded to take the kids and now Shane's got a real chance at getting his study done, uh, which involves sitting at his Mac just Frowning for uh, every scene. Yeah, in the living room because the kids built a cubby house in his room. Like, mate, go dismantle it. That's The problem is solved. Yeah, I mean, they're obviously high, highly trained engineers. They probably built a <laughs> fort that was unassailable. <laughs> but now, by the way, they've left and presumably the fort's disassembled and so he can study in the bedroom, but he's not studying in the bedroom. He's glued to the chair. So Shane's storyline for the last three weeks has been Shane's being a dick. Yeah. And it... And it it hasn't advanced beyond that. No. He is pissed at Ned. He is... <laughs> pissed at Ned for, like, being unemployed for four days. He's pissed at Richie, Mackenzie's boyfriend, for reasons that no one knows. Yeah, Richie brought around flowers because Mackenzie's recovering from gender affirmation surgery. And Puffy's like, come into the kitchen, I want to talk to you. And, yeah, all he wants to talk about is... Don't bring flowers, don't come around, don't visit, stop being so supportive. She needs all the support she can get right now. Just like highly irrational, grumpy stuff. And yes, Dippy is making a lot of assumptions here. Like, okay, we'll help out with this event. Toadie, we'll look after the buddy club. Sheila, we'll we'll sort the roster, don't worry. She is. She's piling a lot on, especially since the express purpose of sending the kids away was to give him more time to study. But now in her head, he's got more time to study, which means he's got so much extra time, he can do all these other things. So he's kind of, I guess, rightly pissed about that. Yeah, but she keeps – they're not having a dialogue. It's She just keeps setting him up to put his foot in it yeah. and fail. Yeah. But also he, she's vacuuming around him and he's like, Ugh, what do you have to clean around me for? I'm trying to study. It's like, mate, she's cleaning your mess, literally. Yeah. I mean, you know, the poor guy hasn't – not only does he not know how to demolish a fort, he hasn't heard of headphones. <laughs> he needs all the study he can get. 
he is studying his engineering degree. He's working at the pub. He's got a house full of kids and his wife's volunteered him for X, Y, Z. He's been given money away to Paul Mercurio. <laughs> They've just taken in Mackenzie, who's he's just gone through a surgery. There's a lot going on in the house. Mm-hmm. There's a dog we never see on screen. Did the dog? Yeah, Clancy. Mm, doesn't ring a bell. No, we don't see Clancy. Clancy's in the credits with Ellie. Now, CJ had a voice memo to add. So here she is now. CJ here. I was watching, I think, Thursday or Friday's episode where Shane is at university and he's made a complete muck of his university group assignment, which we all know is the worst kind of assignment in the whole world. He's a bit of a crap to Dippy, I must say. Like, he's not being there for her and all of that. But I sort of thought, wouldn't it be interesting if the guise of this was changed around and it was Dippy trying to better herself and was at university and was struggling to keep up her work and her commitments at home and her work-life balance. I would find it really hard to be blaming Dippy for not being there for Shane when she was focusing on herself, which is all Shane is doing. I think we're being set up for their relationship to break down or at least be really threatened And I would actually like to see this struggle. I think it's really interesting to see a struggle of a man struggling to balance his work-life balance. Um, But I'd like to see it in a way where the partner actually supports them because that's what adults should do. Puffy is trying to have it all. He is, and uh, he's falling apart but in a very pass-ag kind of way Mm. and a way that just makes him look like he's being... Shitbag. And Dippy has always been along for the, the Puffy ride. Mm-hmm. This is a man who uprooted their family to Erinsborough without even consulting her. Mm-hmm. He buys or he rents Lauren's house mm-hmm. and buys the cafe business mm-hmm. from her mm-hmm. all without telling his wife and moves the kids, two of their three children down from Burke mm-hmm. and leaves one of them up there. Mm-hmm. To go to school in Sydney mm-hmm. again, does like it's all just like, hey, we're the Rebecca's, we're moving, and we have this house and business. And then he quits his whatever job he was doing to do his tinkering and invent things the, p- the piss engine and the <sighs> whatever else, tinkle the water and all these shenanigans. And Dippy just, oh, Rolly, the lawnmower. Oh. And Dippy just goes along with it and supports him. And the minute she asks him for a few extra favors, he completely falls apart. Shitbag. Yeah. So I do want them to take it further. I want them to explore if this is going to be a mental health decline storyline. That would be interesting. Or, as you said, this particular Friday night's episode, possibly Dippy vibing on Pierce, which would just be Shane becoming a dick and justifying her leaving him. It's going to be her in the spa with Gary all over again. (laughs) But also hashtag give Dippy a storyline because all she ever has to do is react to her husband. She doesn't ever have her own agency. Like she doesn't, we don't ever get a glimpse into what Dippy's aspirations are. She's pretty good at making beetroot burgers. Yeah. And we don't get any sense of where this girl came from, how she came to be in Burke. And um, Sharon Johal and I had an interesting Twitter exchange because I was like, oh, I'm just desperate to know some history with this character. I wanted to know how this girl came to be in this outback town from an Indian background and then married to this criminal. Criminal Drongo. (laughs) Criminal Drongo. And Hunter on Twitter said, I know cases where there were farmers from rural parts of northern India that migrated to rural Australia to work on farms and eventually became farm owners themselves. 
And then Sharon, who plays Dippy, said, do you know that's actually my own real-life parents' story? Migrating to rural Australia, academic degrees didn't translate. They worked on other people's farms and then became farm owners. And they would would never let me marry someone like Shane. (laughs) So... Oh, it's just it wouldn't take much to find to flesh her character out more. So even if she does get the horn for Pierce, couldn't blame her. Mm-hmm. Lisa would give her something to do <laughs> because at the end of the week he pulls a hospo shift. Uh, she is at a loose end because Shane's got to do his study buddy group, mm-hmm. and then they can't go and hang up. Which, by the way, he's fucked up. Yeah, the whole reason he needs to take this extra time and work eight hours overnight is because he's somehow screwed up his own assignment. Yeah, it's a group project, and I totally blame him. And it's a yeah. two-person group project. Yeah, with River, and so he can't go and hang up Christmas decorations at the old folks' home with mm-hmm. the Buddy Club. Uh, and Tim pointed out on Twitter, why don't they get pay Ned to do it? Oh, Ned, he needs money and yeah. has nothing to do, and he could make it artistic. Oh. He could paint a freaking Santa Claus mural. Oh. Christmas in July at the old folks' home, he has to stand Dippy up and she has to leave the cafe and so Pierce dons his apron. He's done that a couple of months ago at the tram. Oh, he just like, loves getting his hands dirty. He's like Richard Branson in a photo opportunity. <laughs> or, or that, what's that reality show? He's like Undercover Boss. Yes! <laughs> um, and But his only disguise is an apron. <laughs> So that's it. I'm, I don't have time for shitbag Puffy, but I do have time if it evolves into something more complex. Well, since we've heard from CJ, she can give us her citizen of the week mm-hmm. or citizen of the week. Mm-hmm. I don't know which one it's going to be. I want to give citizen again to Levi for fully committing to the keto lifestyle. He's got the meat. He's got the bulletproof coffee. He doesn't have the potatoes. He's talking about fats, healthy fats. He's talking about his cortisol level. He goes for a walk when he's stressed. I'm loving it. Levi, you're my new health coach. I'm going to say citizen of the week to young Emmett. Poor little guy. Poor little buddy. He's just trying to get through his new schoolwork and change of lifestyle. And then when he thought that there was a glimmer of hope that they would adopt his brother as well, he starts doing the housework and reading his English chapters and making a big effort. And he's putting himself through the ringer. I really feel for him. Yeah. I mean, if he had any brains, then he would just stop listening in on conversations. But on the other hand, if Darren had any brains, they'd stop having these conversations in their open plan house with all the doors open. He's already overheard them last week and then he ran away Mm -hmm. because he found out they wanted a younger kid and stuff. They know he's sensitive to this information. Just text it to each other. (laughs) He is. He's an adorable kid and uh, he's going to integrate very well, which means there's going to need to be a, a succession of dead shits coming <laughs> in and, and influence him. It's like the cat in the hat. This is just another one under the hat. <laughs> Do you have a citizen or citizen, KB? Oh, you know, Tarej is trying to be a citizen of the week by intervening in the Plain Jane uh, story. Paul wants her to be in the social media campaign to promote all of the Lassiter's marriages. Yeah, they want to do a, a check-in a few months later. Which is not a, not a crazy idea, it's, I suppose. It's like um, after the final rose of The Bachelor. And obviously Plain Jane doesn't want to do it because she and Des have broken up. Yeah. Now, Tarej has sussed onto this and also blundered into the estranged daughter thing, but she's got a scheme to somehow get Paul off of Plain Jane's back. And I'm interested in what the scheme is because the simplest version would be to say, I'm not really interested in doing that and then leaving it at that. <laughs> but Tarej has got something up her sleeve. So I'm looking forward to that and I'm going to give her a preemptive citizen of oh. the week. 
just for front footing it mm-hmm. and just meddling in her daughter's life to yeah make it happen yeah um thank you for taking time that you could have been asleep sweets you're very welcome coming to the dining table which is the podcast table the pirate net dining table yeah. and doing this so welcome because I wanted to give us all a break from technology and I really appreciate Kate and CJ for sitting this one out. They hate sitting out this, these episodes. Oh, wait till they get a load of me. They'll <laughs> hate it even more. They'll come running back. No, it's ve- I really appreciate it. CJ is CJ the Hot Mess Mum on Instagram and TikTok and Kate is Remude on Twitter. KB, you're a lockdown privacy-wise, aren't you? People can't yeah, find you anyway. Yeah, it turns out it, I have nothing interesting to say, so no one's missing out. But people can email us, neighbourspod at gmail.com, if they want to add anything. Oh, you're floating around the Neighbours Council. Yeah, I'm in the Neighbours Council. So, you know, if you want to tag me in something, and we- if anyone wants to join me at the bottom of the barrel, then please feel free. Uh, Facebook.com slash neighbourspod and neighbourspod on Twitter. And my, our, my other podcast that KB hasn't listened to, even though it's about our son, is called Daily Baby. And I talk about a few minutes every day of what my life is like with an infant. Yeah, I'm saving it all up so that I'll find out in three months' time what your life has been like for the last three months. Um, this is what Paul Robinson needed to catch up on all those decades of kids he missed. Oh, just to do a massive download and yeah. spend the weekend learning all their names. And I'm Vaya Pashas, and we'll chat to you next week. Bye. Bye. Show me that smile. Ooh, show me that smile. Don't waste another.